How is everyone this morning? Pretty good. Who's struggling to sleep during the nights now? Now that the weathers are getting a bit, a little bit warmer, is there anyone that's feeling that way? Man, it's, I don't know if I like summer or winter more, but winter, yeah. Winter, more clothes, more, more blankets, uh, less things to fuss with. You know you're going to be cold if you're hot or if you're going to be warm or if you're cold or whatever it is, whatever fancies you. Um, so if summer, <laughs> if you're good for summer, you're good for winter, whatever. All right. Um, this sermon or this thing that's been laid on my heart has some, was sparked by what Pastor Craig a few uh, weeks ago, actually about um, something that he made a comment about how we can sometimes read the Bible and sometimes Jesus is like, this doesn't make sense, but then if you look closely into it and dig it up a bit more, it makes a lot of sense into the context of things and why he said it as well. So it birthed from that, but hopefully this morning you're going to take away something that's really, really cool, and then you can apply it to your life, and, and we can go from there. It's not going to be too long, because I know that this is going to be a labor weekend. We want to get out and have some good time with our family as well, and for those who are new um, yeah, it's really, really great to see you here this morning as well. So keeping a secret, have you ever been told something really exciting news? Perhaps someone has told you they're expecting a baby or they're planning on proposing and you're just fizzing for joy for them and you can't wait to share the news and then they forbid you to tell anyone. It's a bit of a buzzkill, right? And imagine being a sonographer. So that's a person who scans babies when a, a woman is pregnant. And imagine hearing, well, imagine being a sonographer and wanting to tell a couple the gender of their child, but they want you to keep it a surprise. And so you have to choose your words really, really carefully so you don't give away the gender of the child. And personally, imagine hearing your daughter, not my daughter, complain and wonder if her boyfriend is ever going to propose when you know that he has already asked you for her hand in marriage and is just waiting for the right time to pop the question. And that was the case for my mother-in-law before Anna and I got engaged. She was ready to propose herself because I took way too long. And can you, can you think of anything harder or more frustrating in your life than keeping a secret? Now, I reckon that Jesus had the same thing. He must have felt the same way. He had grown up all his life, and he was the savior of the world, the Messiah. But he had waited 30 years to start his ministry. He had grown up knowing the word. He had grown up being the word. And he had grown up observing and watching people for 30 years, watching how they lived and knowing God's heart, knowing what was right. But then constantly and persistently seeing people choose not what was God's way. And he had watched the people like the Pharisees who were religious in their ways and they were twisting things for their own personal gain and importance. And they were being staunch in their beliefs, but failing to care for people. And especially the vulnerable, you know, telling them what they can and can't do. And 
When you see in the Bible, they did things like, hey, Jesus, you shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath because that's not what we do on this particular day. And then he said to his disciples, hey, your disciples are eating food and they're picking grains of wheat. And wheat is the same as harvesting. And harvesting is, is like working. And you're not allowed to work on that particular day on the Sabbath. And if Jesus was like my wife, he'd probably had a list of all the things he wanted to do when he first began his public ministry. And after 30 years, he would have experienced situations and things he'd have been eager to address in people's lives. And then finally, we get to Luke chapter 6. 30 years of worth of notes of people's, of his notes of his minds and heart finally come out into the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what I picked up a few weeks ago, the Sermon on the Mount, and it can sometimes seem random. And it's not like sermons that we hear when Pastor Craig and Trinity and so on and so on speak and when we go to other churches. But, you know, main, they have their main points and we follow them logically in points one to three and everything flows in Luke chapter 6, Jesus talks about profound and confronting subjects. First of all, he talks about the Beatitudes, and we've learned about it this year. And then he talks about the sorrows that will come, number two. Number three, he talks about loving our enemies and not judging them. Number four, he talks about trees and the fruit and being good or being bad. And then finally, he talks about being a solid foundation, all in one go. You know, some people here, and I've seen it as well, and hopefully it doesn't happen this morning, they might stay awake, or they might not stay awake. But then, imagine that, being there at the mountain while Jesus is saying all those subjects, and you probably need all the cards in this whole church just to write out what he's saying, you know, so it's pretty, pretty crazy. And if we think about Luke chapter 6, and if you read it, and if you're not familiar with it, everything Jesus talks about is totally the opposite of what's going on in their world. It's countercultural. And it wasn't, and it still isn't the way we naturally think. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor? Yeah, really? How can that be true? Blessed are you when people hate exclude and insult you. Whoa, really? Love your enemies and do to good to those who hate you. Man, that sounds pretty tough and hard. If someone hits you on the cheek, offer the other one to them so they can hit it as well. Someone tell my kids that. No way, no way would they do that. Do not judge others. Well, that's definitely not happening in this stage, day and age, is it? And these ideas are totally way out the gate for us. Jesus was taking the values they had always known and flipped them way upside down. And I've, as I've thought about this passage that we're going to go through in the Bible, it's evident to see that the theme of putting God's, God first and embracing his value is there. It's all about embracing his value system. And when you waited for 30 years to publicly speak the sermon, this was super, super important 
Jesus waited 30 years. And that's what he wants us to know right now, that God's value system is what we need to know. God's value system is what we need to know. You know, God's value is about putting others first. It's about loving people who hate us. It's about he wants us to rejoice when we've been persecuted. It's about forgiving people who have wronged us. And if I'm honest, in, in all honesty, that doesn't come natural to me. And it flips my instincts, and I suppose it could flip yours as well on, on its head. All right, who loves a good children's movie? Does anyone love a good children's movie? Yeah, we've been watching a bit of, bit of children's movies lately. Sometimes I trick the kids, oh, do we really want to watch the, I don't know, uh, Little Mermaid? How about we watch Cars instead? But I have uh, my own preferences, and yesterday we watched a couple of movies. And if, if you've ever watched The Minions, there's one scene where they help to build the pyramids in Egypt. And they find out that, they're after, that they're after they're finished, that they had the plans upside down. And they've built it on the pointy down first, and soon it falls over. And this is exactly what our thinking can be like to, in our value system that God wants us to have. The pointy tip of the pyramid is us thinking about ourselves. The wider part is God, part of our lives. You know, culture would have us to believe that our system is like the minions, where our foundation is ourselves and God is built on afterwards, almost like an afterthought we tack onto our lives. And that's an upside-down pyramid, and that kind of structure will fall over. It's pretty obvious that, but some people have built their lives this way and wondering, man, why are things going wrong in my life? Why aren't things working out? When we, when we step back and think about it like an upside-down pyramid, it's pretty to see, right? Pretty easy to see. And this kind of life doesn't balance well. But when our foundation is God, He is bigger. When our foundation is God, He is higher than our ways. And when our foundation is God, we can't balance that on ourselves. We're not strong enough of a foundation on our own. And so don't be like the minions who, who think like they do. Instead, in the kingdom of God, we have to turn the blueprint the right way around and place the God part of our lives as the foundation and build everything upon God. And that's the way to have balance to have a firm foundation that isn't going to fall over. And that's how we should build our lives. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 says, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when don't you do what I say? You were saying this morning, you can have it all, Lord. You can have a Lord all, but until we walk out these doors, you can have the back seat but instead, you know, he says, Jesus challenges us. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? If we truly want him to be Lord of our lives, then we must do what he says. But why? Why should we do what he says? 
Why should we do listen to God? Why should we listen to people in church or our friends who have a good morals in the Bible? Maybe you've heard people say, God is just a dictator. He's just a ruler. He's just someone who keeps you um, locked in. He wants to just rule us and keep us in a box. But that's not the case at all. In last week, Pastor Craig spoke about if I plant myself or, my, or I am a foundation in God, then his thoughts are my thoughts. His dreams are my dreams. His word is my heart. His word is in my mind. You see, the minions had been given plans for building their pyramid, but they looked at them the wrong way. And we must have the same perspective as God has for us. So when people say God is a dictator, uh, 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 I have verses like Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So why does God give us plans? Why does he call us to live like Luke chapter 6 says? Number one, God loves us all. He loves us so much. He loves us to love others that way. God wants us to live according to Luke 6 because he loves us. There's too many examples of the way God wants us to live in these chapters to read now or even put it on the screen. In the Beatitudes, God wants us to realize that when we make him Lord of our lives, and follow his ways, we will be blessed. God wants us to love our enemies because God loves our enemies. He gives us these plans to follow because he wishes that none should perish but have everlasting life. And that's pretty hard. It's the kind of love that allowed God to send his son Jesus it's the kind of love that God wants us to have for other people. People we don't like, people we don't agree with, people we don't get along with. He wants us to love them so they encounter his love, his truth, his word, his way of living. Number two, he wants us, he wants the best for us. He wants us to want the best for others Two, God loves us and wants the best for us. He wants the best for us because he loves us. And it's like any child and parents. Even if you don't have children, you are the one. You are one as well. So we all understand that a parent wants the best for a child. Discipline is because we want them to learn important values for their lives. We don't growl our kids because we want to be grumpy. We correct them because we want them to grow. And God is exactly the same. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus is laying out the correct path to follow because he wants the best for us. It's in God's nature because it's all through the Bible. In fact, I had to learn about forgiveness in my life. I shared about, I'm pretty sure I've shared about previously about my relationship with my dad and that I've experienced 
and what I've experienced him do to me and my family. And because Christ forgave me, I forgave my dad, which hasn't been easy at times, but because I know that is what God wants me to do because he wants the best for me. And number three, living his way will bring the best outcome for us all. Forgiveness brings the best outcome, not just for me, but also with my relationship with my dad. And if you think about it, I've got a family now of my own children. If I still held that unforgiveness towards my dad, there is no way that my children would experience their grandfather and get to know my grandfather as well. And I'm not painting a bad light on my dad, but I love him now, I'm loving to bits. He's a totally different man to where I grew up to as, with as a child. But just allowing him to see what God's done in my life and just open, I would say that I've one of the best relationships out of my brothers and sisters just because God has opened the door with my father as well. And it's just awesome to see my kids interact and play with my, my grandfather and the grandmother and just open, it, open that doorway as well. And I know that we can sometimes disagree with our parents, maybe it's a mother or, or a father, or maybe a brother and sister. Family is so hard because we grow up and we know them so well, and we experience the same things, but we can have different perspectives um, dependent on our value system. But because I know God wants the best for me, then I can trust God that I can forgive my father in such a way that it opens doors and blessing to others as well. For those who are struggling with a dad, and I know there are people here I've spoken to you as well. I encourage you, get it right with your father. Get it right with your mother. Get it right with dad. Swallow some pride. Maybe Christmas is the time that you can do this and set some boundaries and open those doors, you know. Open those doors of blessing. Let nothing hold you back from what God wants the best for you and your life. And so it's not about what we believe, but it's what we do with what we believe. It's not about believing in God but doing what he commands us. It's not about living for us, but it's about living for God and then by extension by the people around us. This is pretty short and sharp. I'm going to ask Maddie to come up again. And I just want to finish. So you can imagine all these people are gathering around Jesus and they're just gathering around him and they're, and they're just listening to this man who's just saying all these things about totally that are opposite of what they've grown up with. And here Jesus finishes with this one last story. And it's actually a challenge. And Jesus says, this is Jesus, he says this. If anyone listens to my word and follows it, he is like a building he is like a builder who builds a house on solid rock. In verse 46, it says, when, not if, but when the flood waters come. Maybe your flood waters could be bitterness or unforgiveness. Maybe it's persecution. Maybe you, people said things about you. But when they come and rise, when the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is built well. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins.
I wonder if there's anyone here today who recognizes, mate, you know, I've gone about life the wrong way up. I've been like these minions who have just followed blueprints of what they thought was correct and right. Maybe just think, you've just thought things that have just totally upside down because you haven't followed God's values or His ways. And God is here today, just in this brief sermon that I've shared this morning. He's shown you His blueprint. Come on, son. Come on, child. This is the way to go. This is the way you need to go. I can show you the better way to life. And the good news is, He's here to get you back on track, no matter what you've been through. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning. God is such an awesome God that He wants the best for us. He loves you so much. And He wants His arms are open wide, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter, no matter what people have done in your lives. Maybe this time, maybe we're just going to all close our eyes. I'm just going to go through a quick prayer. If anyone realizes that they've gone their way and they're just totally sick of all that, and maybe it's just frustrating. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. Nothing's happening in my family. Nothing's happening with my brother or sister. Whatever it is at workplace, if there's anything to do, then I encourage you to get on God's value system right now. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning. And if that's you, I love you. If you'd raise your hand, then I can just pray for you. If there's anyone here this morning, if they're loved, thank you, you can put your hand down. Thank you, you can put your hand down. If there's anyone to just realize, hey, I've just done it. I'm just really tired. Yeah, I see you. Thank you at the back. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Awesome. It's a simple message, but it's straight to the point that God always wants the best for us. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father. As people have put their hands up this morning, there's just honestly, they've known that they've done things wrong in their lives and, and they realize that you have a better way for them this morning. That on this day, Lord Father, as they've shown that their commitment to you, Father, the Sunday, the 22nd of October, October, that they know that this day is a defining moment in their lives, Lord Father, they can turn to you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Lord, there's no other way that we should be... Uh, living life. It is the best way. It's the perfect way, Lord Father. And sure, the, 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 the flood waters will come, Lord God, but these guys, Lord Father, they want a change in their lives, that they'll hold firm to the foundation that is you, Jesus Christ, in their lives, Lord Father. Lord, that they'll rise up, Lord Father, and understand, Lord God, that you're with them, Lord God, that you want the best for them, that you love them this morning, Lord Father. Lord, we just pray that there's no condemnation, there's no judgment, Lord Father. Who of us could stand Lord God, as clean, but it's only because of your Son, Jesus Christ. So we speak that over their lives, Lord Father. Lord, that you have made them right, that you have made them worthy, Lord God, and you've given them fresh mind and perspective, Lord God, to go out, Lord God, to face the flood waters of their lives, Lord Father. So Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord Father, give them the boldness and the strength, Lord God, to know more of you, Lord Father, to know your value system, and that you value them so much that you sent them their son, your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord Father, we praise you and honor you, Lord Father. 
In Jesus' name, Lord Father. While eyes are still closed, I just, I just want to touch on this one thing. I struggled with my father and things of family as well. And I wonder if there's anyone in this house that wants uh, just me to pray for them right now about some, maybe a relationship, maybe their father or their mother. Is there anyone that wants to, uh, for me to pray for them this morning? Yep, pray, yep, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I just really felt this from uh, this morning. Father, right now, Lord God, I just pray a special blessing, Lord Father, and the healing, Lord God. I know Christmas is coming up, and it can be a time of tension as well, Lord Father, people coming together, or a time of loneliness and hopelessness, Lord Father. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, let there be a healing, Lord Jesus. Let there be a breakthrough, Lord God. Let there be words of wisdom, encouragement, Lord God. Let there be next steps, Lord Father. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, there be boldness. I know for me, it was, it was pretty tough just doing that one thing. Can I ask, can I speak to you, Dad? Can I just speak to you? I just want to say, I forgive you. And Lord, maybe that might be the words on their heart as well. I just want to say, I forgive you, Lord God, or forgive me. Lord, just pray and ask, Lord God, that you guide and lead them. Give them the strength just to go forward and go hard in you. In Jesus' name, amen.